It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. From the wilds of uh, of the California, we got Rebecca Goulet. Hey, Rebecca. Uh, we got the peace Hello. sign. From Rebecca. Um, <laughs> Rebecca sat through an ants in the last episode. Do you need to move someplace that there aren't ants? No, it's just they, um, the hot cocoa I was drinking was really close by, so I moved it. Oh, good, good. They, did you get ants in your cocoa? No, they just, they're, they're um, like trying to get it from this thermos, but um, shout out to Stanley because they're not getting inside. Oh man, if, so if those next- ants start carrying away your thermos of cocoa, that would be, that would be, because I mean, in the cartoons, they can do that. Um, with us from the wilds of Illinois farmland, um, where she is mom to a child, a husband, some goats, 20 cows, some chickens. Uh, is there a donkey? He's gone. There's ducks. There's ducks. Uh, we got, we got Rachel Bandy. Um, what happened to the donkey? Uh, well, we, so <laughs> he didn't like the goats either. Um, and my son, we had a goat that got ran over. Um, and so he was special and his name was climbing tree and the donkey was hurting him. So he was rehomed. He was genuinely rehomed. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> You're not going to hurt yep. my little climbing tree. <laughs> that, no. that donkey sounds no. like a real ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Hey, listeners! Before we get into the into the topic, we're going to talk about reactants. I, I got a I got a text message. We got to update a, a listener call. So, um, I, I um, so um, Jessica called the show. Jessica called with a, a concern about a three year old she was dealing with. A kid, very active, lots of pushing to other kids, uh, um, and and so. So uh, Jessica helped us find out that there's a five minute uh, limit on voicemails because she had to call a, a second time to get her whole message in. And Carol, I did uh, an hour long episode talking about Jessica call, Jessica's call. And Jessica just listened to the episode and sent me a text uh, right before we started recording and uh, told me it was okay to share some things here if if, if uh if, so we can just have an update. She says, uh, thank you uh, for all the feedback and thank you for all of the compliments. Uh, look, because I think Jessica, she sounds like she's just top notch doing wonderful things with this kid she's concerned about. Um, she said, uh, like I said before, I wouldn't have uh, been able to do uh, this without the help from you guys. Uh, apparently the show has helped her uh, get her program started. Um, Carol had suggested that uh, Jessica deal with, that the kid could be uh, 
uh, gave, gave him some tips for some uh, separation anxiety the kid was dealing with, and, and Jessica's going to put those um, into action. And then she says, um, I'm crapping, cra I'm crapping up. I'm cracking up because gosh damn, I'm listening to my message on the podcast and I keep saying to myself, Jess, calm the fuck down. You sound ridiculous. Stop worrying so much. This kid is three and it sounds a lot like it's exactly what his uh, version of play is. And uh, so Jessica did decide that she's going to calm herself down. But I think the fact that Jessica got herself all worked up about this, this kid and what he was dealing with just just goes to show that she she has fucks to give and uh and and is concerned about this kid because there there are too many people working in early learning who don't their their pulse rate doesn't go up when a kid is going through something so um i think that's that's uh good for jessica and jessica said something really really nice to me here that i'm going to leave out because it makes me self-conscious but thank you jessica and then she wraps up anyway just want to uh want you to know the podcast is making a difference and i appreciate you for and all the people involved in it so uh that includes the two of you. And uh, thanks, Jessica. Call again. Keep us updated on what's going on. Listeners, you just hit that uh, voice or text message if you're dealing with stuff you would like us to talk about in the show. It is there in your show notes. So, reactants. Um, this is the this is the idea. It, um, it's a psychological um, concept. It's the reaction when somebody feels their freedom is being threatened, and uh, and we react to it in a in a way that is not always thoughtful or healthy. And so you might see kids do this. Um, yeah, hey Johnny, no more chips. And then Johnny throws handfuls of chips in his mouth before you can you can take the the, the chips away from him. And and so this, this is just a a a natural human reaction to things um and I, but i think it can it plays a part in our classrooms our interactions with children our interactions with coworkers and staff and so i thought it might be might be something to to talk about any any get things started reaction thoughts you have um, I think that it's i'd like you i like that you mentioned that it's everybody right it's not just children like so often when we talk about social emotional learning, it's all about the kids and like, like how do what are children's reactions? Like what are ours as as individual adults? Um, and unpacking that while we're unpacking why a child might be reacting to something a certain way. So I think it's important. I'm glad you noted that it's it's everybody. Everybody does it. Uh, I have to say I love this because at the training that we actually met in person. Um, you recommended reading a book called Don't Be So Upset. Sure. And Mar Jacobson. I have been, yeah, I, I love it. Um, I've actually been using it at work with my coworkers because I feel like a lot of reasons that like the teachers react that we don't realize, it has to do also with like our childhood. Like she says, it you react the way that you were taught to react on mm -hmm. certain situations. Um, and so us as teachers and early child care providers, directors, we all need to be able to kind of take a step back and some, it's hard. I will, I think it's probably one of the hardest things you can do is some self-realization of, okay, you know, Susie's scream, why is it making me so stressed out and so anxious? Like, okay, this is, 
when you can connect the dots of what triggered that for you, you can help the child, you know, find their calm in the storm because that's what we are as the adults. We're supposed to be that safe place that kids can have those big emotions and those big reactions, but we're there to help navigate them through the storm. Certainly. I I think I remember being a kid and having big feelings. I'm, I'm a deeply feeling person in general. Um, and so I remember being like six, I feel, I want to say about five or six years old. And I was really upset about something. I don't know what, but I was crying and really emotional. And I remember being told, and this wasn't the first or last time, but I do you, I was too old and too big to be acting like that. Um, (laughs) and so I've had to really unpack that for myself as an educator, because I've worked with different age. I've worked with toddlers and I've worked with kids up to 12 years old. And it does, I mean, it does come back into your brain, the things that you heard as a kid, because, you know, I said, I've worked with toddlers and then I'll work with a six-year-old. And in my mind, the back of my mind is like, this kid's too old to be acting like that, you know, because I was told that same thing. And I've been out here, I was working with a two-year-old on not hitting someone or something. And then here I am dealing with a six-year-old and it's the same might be the same issue. And I, in the back of my mind, I hear that, that phrase, well, you're too old to be acting like that. You're too big. You know, you're acting like a baby. Those things do pop up in your mind. And so it, it causes sometimes even a physical reaction, right? Like you have the reactant and then you have your reaction inside within you and you have to process that before you respond. And if you don't, then your response is going to be typically harmful or at least not helpful <laughs> yeah because because those things that are in your head can spill out of your mouth and then you think yes. oh my god I've turned into my parents yes yes so if I can interject too it's I feel like it's okay if you mess up though and those things spill out as long as you recognize like oh man I you know I uh, perfect example um, sometimes I get overstimulated um, hearing my name all the time. Um, there's Rachel, why does that a, happen? There's quite a few kids in my class and it's Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. And, you know, sometimes you just like, it, it's physical. Like I physically mm-hmm. in my body, I'm like, I can't. And I had reached that point. Um, at this time I was by myself that, that I feel like as an educator, that can be hard no matter how many kids yeah. it is. Cause they can only turn to you. And I had a little boy and he said, Rachel, and I said, hold on, like, you know, I didn't mean to, but you're, you're just like, I, I have to process. And when I turned around and I saw his face, I felt like the meanest person on earth. Um, he, you know, he walked away and I took a big breath and then I went over to him and I said, you know, I'm sorry, Miss Rachel just got really frustrated with hearing her name so much. It was a lot. And sometimes I have big feelings too. And I'm, I should not have yelled, hold on at you. And I'm sorry. Um, right. I feel that's important to do like, we're, we're all humans. We're going to make those mistakes, um, but to, to acknowledge them, even to the smallest of children and issue an apology. Like I feel like I, that's. You're modeling for them what it, what a true apology looks like, right? Like that's going to help a child in the future say I'm sorry to someone that they harmed or did something to, that's going to be way more helpful to them than, you know, parents or teachers that go say sorry to that person because you did X, Y, Z. You know, it's, that's how you model that 
that human remorse experience that we all have of sometimes we hurt people and sometimes we do things that hurt people that we care about and we have such power as educators especially with young children of helping them mold the way that they see that the way that they see mistakes the way that they see um, apologies and responses and so I think it's really important to recognize that not only is it good for your relationship is like you're fixing that, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And you're, you're fixing that relationship, but you're also modeling for everyone else around, right? Like not just you and that kid. It's like other children might've witnessed that and see you apologize and hear you apologize. And they take all of that in as well. And it creates that culture in your program of we can make mistakes here and we're not afraid to talk about it. You know, and I think that's really important for for all of us at school and at home and in life in general, life skills. So, Rachel, how did the how did the child respond when you apologized? Um, so he's got a, a great personality. He just looked at me, goes, "It's okay," and then gave me a hug. Um, <laughs> but I, it, I'll tell you, I felt bad with his like his face, like. That, that is something I'll never forget. I uh-huh. never want to make myself feel that way. But again, you know, these moments happen even to adults. And I just, I can't reiterate how important I feel to acknowledge that you messed up and, you know, you still love, I'm, and that's what I told him too. I'm big about using the words, I love you in my classroom. Um, I love every single child that walks through my door, no matter how much I'm going to treat you the way that I want my child to be treated, you know? Right. And that's, my philosophy as a teacher is that I, I want him to know, even though I got upset with him, I still love him. People get mm. upset and there's still love there. It's, it's just, we're people with emotions. And that may be why he responded in the way that he did, right? Because you've already established that and he knows that. And so when you do something like that, it's easier to forgive, right? Because you're like, oh, yeah. like 99% of the time you treat me with such love that it's easier, it's easier to let that go. Right. Instead of like feeling like, oh, this teacher ignores me all day. And then finally, when I want to get her attention, she yells at me, you know, then it could have been, you know, something even more difficult to, to overcome, but it's easy to overcome when you're like, oh, I, I trust this person still, you know, and that's awesome that, that you guys were able to have that that conversation and, and move forward. How old is this child? Three. I teach three-year-olds right now. Oh my goodness. What a little angel. I, I know. <laughs> so uh, my, my favorite react personal reactant story happened when I was about, uh, uh, what was I? I was 12 or 13. And uh, it was like, uh, it was like Saturday afternoon and my my mother told me I couldn't go to the roller rink that night. This is pink early eighties when what, neither one of you were born. Um, yeah, great. Um, so the roller rink used to be the, uh, the big thing on Saturday nights when you were 12 and 13 years old. And I was told I couldn't go. She wasn't going to drive me to the roller rink. And I'm like, I'm going to go anyway. Uh, reactants. Right. And she said, no, you're not. And I said, I, I, I absolutely am. And then I walked to the to the roller rink. It was what four or five, six miles. Um, also happened to be raining. 
and 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 kind of you know, it's that that fall kind of not snowing yet but cold and rainy and and dark early and so i walked in the dark in the rain that that longer that i wanted to distance to to get to the roller rink to to teach her a lesson um but also because there was a, a young lady there that i really 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 wanted to couple skate with and um i'm i'm three quarters of the way through this this walk and i'd taken a wrong turn so i had to backtrack because this thing I, I thought a street went through one way and it was going to be a shortcut but it wasn't so i had to backtrack and i'm thinking what the fuck did i do and i'm also thinking how much trouble am i going to be when i get home and but i did it anyway and it was it was well worth it because i got to hold hands with her when we couple skated and and i told her that she i know i showed up just wet and she and i had to explain to her that that i i i busted out and i walked to uh to skate with her and so um look um we don't have a lot of dude listeners to the show but anybody that's trying to win the affections of somebody else walk in the rain to be with them boom you're in um and uh <laughs> And at the end of the night, I got I got a kiss, um, and and it tasted like nachos, and it was delightful. I I loved it, and um, we totally had. I don't even remember what the repercussions were, um, but I Did remember. You walk home? No, she convinced her mom to give me a ride home because she was in love with me now. Um, <laughs> convinced her mom to take pity on me. And I was, I was, I was always good with the moms, uh, back in the day, I was a, a, a nerdy sweet boy. And, uh, and so that, that worked to my advantage. So I got a ride home. I don't, I don't know if I got grounded or school. I, I don't know what it was, but it was well worth it. Um, another bit of, of, of reactance is a, a way of taking control in your life. And so you see this a lot with, with especially, I, I think it's like a two-year-old thing. Hey, don't climb on that. And then they do more climbing um, yes. or, or hey, hey, quiet down in here. And then it gets noisier. Um, and so I, I think we need to understand that that's a part of the, 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 the human desire to have some power and control in your, in your own life, even, in, even when you're only a couple of years into that life. Yeah, I think that 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 age to between two and three, sometimes young three year olds, when they're really developing that autonomy and like I can make my own decisions and I can choose to engage in the world and how I how I want. It's when you understand that as an educator or a parent or just a person who spends time with toddlers, it is really beneficial to like your interactions with them. Because you learn that they are, they react strongly to things and you learn how to word things differently so that you can have fewer of those big reaction moments, right? Sure. Instead of like, oh, are you ready for lunch? It's like, oh, do you want to eat lunch here or here? Because sometimes are you ready for lunch? It's like, no, I'm not. And I'm going to run away. Um, and so just picking your words can really help whether a child is even going to have a strong reaction to something um, because they are in that phase, but you know, at that age to anytime I hear something that I have to do it, even if I want to do it, like sometimes a kid is hungry and they want to eat lunch, but you're like, Oh, you know, do you want lunch? And they're like, Nope. And so <laughs> it's when you can understand that as an educator, I guess, or a parent, it can help your relationship moving forward. Right. And being able to, 
know that child and what they react to and, and kind of work your conversations to, to benefit everybody. I um, also feel that like when a child is reaction, having a reaction, um, you typically, you know, we notice we find it more stressful with the negative reactions. It's important to find out why they're having that reaction, right? So are they overstimulated by the amount of noise? Are they overwhelmed by the number of choices? Right. Are they tired? Are they hungry? Like it's important that, and that's a hard skill to kind of refine, but it, like you mm -hmm. said, it's important to have that relationship. If you don't have that relationship with the child, you're going to struggle even more seeing like, right. oh, Tom's screaming because, you know, there's three kids by him who are talking extremely loud, you know, how it, but it's, I also feel like us as educators, we have to be open-minded to that and realize a child's reaction is not manipulation. Um, no, I deal with a lot of, I'm trying to think how to word this. There's a lot of older generation who tell me like, you know, they're trying to control you. No, they're trying to control themselves. They don't really, you know, there's something triggering this and, um, what we need, we need to get to the bottom of that to help this child to move forward, you know? Yes. Older Children generation, don't... huh? <laughs> I mean, it's it was my mentor. Not, I mean, I shouldn't say that because she's going to listen to this. It wasn't my mentor, but it's people that like, you know, when I started the field, even my parents, I, I'm sure had times where they're like, I, I know my dad told me I was um, manipulating a situation a couple times as a teenager. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't know how I'm manipulating that. But that, that's why I'm saying like, we need to take a step back from the idea that it's manipulation and control sure. and more of, you know, what, what is that trigger for them? Or sometimes it's just developmental, right? Like Jeff was saying, yeah. like, sometimes like this child is just reacting that way because developmentally they're in a stage where their initial reaction is to resist. And yes. sometimes, sometimes we don't have to peel back all these layers. We just have to understand that maybe that kid just said that and, and, we don't have to. So it's like even figuring out when to unpack all of those things, right? Sometimes it is like a whole case study. Why is this kid every day at circle time, you know, crying in the corner that sometimes you, it takes weeks or months to figure out why certain things are happening. And then other times it's like, actually, that's just because they're too, <laughs> don't worry yeah. about it. Be like, Oh, I'm really worried about my kid. And they'll tell me something. I'm like, Oh, that's normal kid stuff. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Yeah. And, and it might know. just be, it might just be that you're, you're making them sit through another boring fucking circle time. Um, For sure. and, and, and I wanted, I wanted to make that point that the, the more we do in our environments to empower kids and give them control of their choices and how they spend the time, the rest, uh, the less of that, that rebellious looking reactants that you have to deal with, because if they're, if they're engaged in an activity that they care about, they're not going to be pushing back against it because they, they picked it sure. and they, they get to define it. But if you're constantly forcing kids to do things that they may not care about, they are going to have that that pushback that you want me to go this way, so I'm going to go that way. You want me to sit still in circle time, so I'm going to lay down on the floor. You want me to keep my hands to myself in circle time, so I'm going to try to touch everybody I can because I have two hands and two legs, so I can touch at least four people at the same time and annoy you. You want me to be quiet in circle time, so I'm going to be louder. 
Um, but if you don't force them to come to circle time, you don't have to deal with any of that. So your life gets oh, yeah. easier if you break up with some of that control and power you have over them. That's, That's why I think forest huge. school is so awesome because like today I was reading a book with a group of children about like my, the microscopic world because we had and we were looking at stuff and we're reading this book and there were two kids that didn't care about the book and I didn't care. They just, they were just going off. They were staying close by, but they were just going off together and they ended up finding some clams in the Creek. And it was this really awesome discovery that they were able to find. Um, and so after we finished the book, I kind of checked in with those kids. I was like, Hey, what were you guys doing over here? And they're like, Oh, we found clams. And they were showing me these clams. And I was like, wow. Like, imagine had I said, everyone's going to come sit down and listen to this book because we did microscopes today. And now we're going to read the microscope book. You know, I, I could have been like that and I'm sure it would, they would have been fine, you know, but what missed opportunities, you know, I, we may, we may have never realized there was clams in the Creek. Yeah. Did I, there was Creek clams? <laughs> I think that's something that, um, I, I know at least I've worked on in my classroom is kind of relinquishing control. I don't have to be in control of every little thing. And by, um, you know, the example you gave of reading a book, I, have some boys that I mean they don't want to they'll they'll get a book off the bookshelf while I'm reading or they'll play on the table behind me but the crazy thing is because we're so worried about them hearing what we're saying like that's the point of circle time right we're supposed to be reading this book that incorporates into the lesson that we're teaching somehow they can still hear you they're still picking up and children learn different ways I mean we all learn different ways you, um I was talking better when I was playing with the, the slime earlier, you know, that right. stimulated my nerves, but like it had my brain, I was listening to you guys and still functioning, even though I'm playing with the slime and the same goes for kids. Sometimes they are doing better doodling while listening to you read the story or, you know, playing with a poppet or I love that we're in this time and age of, you know, poppets and fidgets and letting kids have that if they, they need that for, to grasp the concept or to, have a moment, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've had kids who they, I started reading a book and they were say at the table doing something and then they'll come after because they just wanted to finish what they were doing. Right. Mm -hmm. There. I just wanted to finish this picture and then I'll come to your story. Cause I do want to hear that story. So they were listening while they were drawing and then they wanted, they were listening and they like it. So then they want to finish that story versus like, well, it's story time. Now put your caps on your markers. And you're like, I still need to color in my ocean and we're like no nope, you know come sit down and so it's it's really nice to have a group of children in front of you that wants to listen to the story that you're reading because then it's more valuable for everyone who's there you're not having to stop every two seconds and tell someone what to not do right you can just read the book right you, you guys want a real world um in, in the moment right here and now um example of reactants yes Okay, because so so imagine you're the host of a podcast and you hear from uh, from listeners that boy there sure is a lot of poop talk in that uh, in that podcast and and then and then you look for ways to slip poop talk into the episodes just to to kind of rebel. Remember we talked about Pam. We were together last time about Pam. Yes. Uh, she's a caller that said uh, she was always listening to episodes and uh, that always we always seem to be talking about poop when she was in her lunch. She shared the. Uh, the uh, the poop song book. Um, I, I I suggested in a text that uh, that maybe um, she should call the voicemail line and uh, sing the song, uh, so we could play it in the show. And and she says, "Ha, 
I don't think so. Um, so Pam, there's another another episode where we mentioned poop all thanks to you. And it's my reactance to uh to listeners um questioning so much poop talk that I just feel a need for for more poop talk. Hey, <laughs> listeners, if you want to get the poop uh, song book and sing the poop song or, or heck have a, I mean, if you've got kids in your class that know the poop song and want to, want to sing it into your phone, text it to two, two, don't no Look, you can't text the song. Um, I'm not really up on the technology, but I think you totally have to use the voicemail to send us the song. That's two, two, eight, three, six, three, six, seven, three, seven. Um, we would love to hear your class sing the poop song um okay that's reactance <clears throat> yeah i'm gonna have to look up this song and teach my class <laughs> oh well we'll call that voicemail um so before we wrap this up i got other the the best the best reactance in in my it's personally benefited me to to no end so um reactance is is really it can be about about uh, expressing your autonomy and your independence and um and it happens a lot so uh back in 1986 there's this uh there's this uh this this cute blonde girl uh just blonde hair sparkly eyes great smile and uh and she brings this this ne'er-do-well boy starts hanging around the house and her parents hate him and uh and and make it very clear they don't want her hanging around with this dude and uh we've been married for 31 years now um <laughs> and uh and um so yeah hey linda Emmett. Fuck you guys. Um, I won. Um, oh, man. That's reactance. Uh, they absolutely wanted her to have nothing to do with me, but um, she rebelled against that, and here we are. So reactance can can work out good in the end is all I'm saying. It's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just a – it's a human thing. And when we can, when we can see it happening – we can when we can see it happening with kids that when you when there's a certain when certain words coming out of your mouth as the adult or certain behaviors happen in the classroom and you 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 feel or you see this pushback reaction we can we can change our programs to prevent those we can catch them midstream and and help cut them off and we can also do that with ourselves we can catch ourselves mid react and pause and pull back from that because look, if I was a thoughtful podcast host who cared about the listeners, I would have said, "Hey, maybe maybe we could tone down the poop talk." Um, but we'd all have that self control. A, a good person like like Rachel or Rebecca would have probably said, "Hey, let's see if we can go a whole episode without any poop talk." Um, but not me, um, because some of us never never outgrow it, and it's it's not really a thing we outgrow. Reactance is just a a human thing, and um, I'm babbling now. So, what do you jump in and say something? You know, I just think it's my key takeaway from this conversation is to accept things as they are and pause before you respond uh, you know it's that we're other people are going to have reactants we're going to have reactants accept things as they are and do your best to be thoughtful and intentional with the way that you respond whether it's with a coworker, um your in-laws the children in your classroom yourself you know just be open open to evaluating what's going on yeah just being aware that it's a thing makes life a little yes. bit a little bit easier and, and more orderly final thoughts rachel 
I, um, no, I really like what Rebecca said, but I, reactions happen. And I think acknowledging your reaction when it does happen, you're not going to, um, none of us are perfect. You're going to have these reactions, but just make sure you acknowledge, you know, this happened and move forward from it. Certainly. I mean, I've had kids, I'm like, Hey, you, you hit him when he took your marker and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, like you just need to accept it as it is and, and figure out how to, how to move on from there. I just, Rachel just said, none of us are perfect. And I, um, the first, my, my brain was like, you want to bet? Um, and, and I had to stifle that because I, I mean, and, and, and that's exactly what we're talking about. I had this, this, this internal reaction to, to start an argument about that because look, not perfect. Um, have you met me? Um, but even, even though I know that's not true, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is totally a thing. Um, weird, weird. People are weird. Um, humans are very, very weird. I think a lot of our behaviors are like, mixed in from like this modern development of humans, but also our like primal instincts. It's strange. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is, which is what, uh, what keeps this podcast going. Uh, hey listeners, uh, thanks, you know, thanks for listening. We're in year 11 of the show. It's crazy. Uh, in a few months, we'll come up on episode a thousand, which, uh, which look back, back in, we started the show. I started doing this numbering system where we had, uh, I had those first, first episode was episode zero, zero, zero one, because, uh, you know, I wanted to plan ahead. Um, because I, I don't think we're going to get into five digits, but I thought there might be a chance we get into four digits and it's going to happen later this year. So that's something you could all be, I'll be really fucking excited about. I'm sure. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been the child care bar and grill podcast thanks for listening back soon bye-bye bye bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>